Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. I am Mitchell Kaminsky. And I'm Marshall Macaluso. And we're trying to make up for the fact that we were promised sweet victory, and instead we were treated with that abomination called Travis Scott with auto, without auto-tune. Yeah, and was, I didn't want to hear anything about Maroon 5. I didn't pay all this money to watch this boring Super Bowl just to see Adam Levine's nipples on stage. Good guy. And who's Big Boy? Who's I mean, they couldn't Big get a boy? better guess than Big Boy. We all wanted Spongebob. They teased us with the intro to this song, so we're giving all of you fans what you rightfully deserve. Sweet, sweet victory. That's right. You know, also had a sweet victory this week, the Patriots and Tom Brady. Now, you know, all these people were coming out saying, oh, this game was so boring, blah, blah, blah. Honestly, though, when looking, is, was it the most exciting game? No. But we have been spoiled these past couple of seasons with how good these Super Bowls have been. Like last year, mind you, I didn't like that there's no defense. Fantastic Super Bowl. The goal line one with Malcolm Butler, he had the interception with, against the Seahawks. That was per- perhaps one of the best games we've seen. We've been treated with a long line of great Super Bowls. And everyone forgets, back in like the 80s and 90s, there was awful Super Bowls. The Cowboys would consistently blow out the Bills. Yeah. There's one where the Broncos got smoked the by the 49ers. Yeah. So, you know, this game was tied heading into the fourth quarter. It was not that bad. And if you really look into the details, yes. Was it the most exciting game? No. There's a lot of punts. But this is because a lot of people don't like it because the casual football, the Super Bowl is when a lot of the casual football fans come out of the woodwork to watch the game. People that usually don't watch football come out to watch this. So there's this massive outcry of how boring it, There's a big misconception of how bad this football game, when it really was, if you're watching it closely, you can appreciate how great the coaching was in this thing and the strategy and the chess match going on between these two coaches. First off, we'll start off with the Rams and Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips' defensive game plan was fantastic. Like there, The Patriots had no answers. Their game plan did not work. So credit, so this is the first... Uh, uh, you gotta give credit to Josh McDaniels here on the other side. Wade Fields had him like stifled. They couldn't get anything going in offense. And so Josh McDaniels for the Patriots, they sat down on the bench and they said, we are scrapping this game plan. We're going to run something we have not practiced all week because nothing we are running is working. So they gave the game plan to Tom Brady. They added an extra tight end with Dwayne Allen to try to open up the field to get Edelman going and ended up working the fourth quarter. But just the fact that Tom, and I know Tom Brady didn't play his best game. There's another thing you gotta appreciate though. When you look deep and you're like reading inside uh, all this information, they were running an offense they had not practiced all week or mostly all year. They just incorporated it on the sideline, and he was able to execute it perfectly. Inside the trenches we were talking about, uh, the battles up there, the Patriots' offensive line really was pushing them. They're, they're, just the line play in general, they were really pushing around the Rams' offensive line. Uh, up front, they got a good, lot of good pushes in the running game, creating holes for Sony Michelle on that last drive. And the other thing that's overlooked here, too, is Belichick's coaching. I think this is one of his best coaching jobs ever. Um, a lot of people credit him, especially defensively, in the uh, Super Bowl with the Giants versus the Bills, uh, where they held the uh, K-Gun offense and Jim Kelly and that great two-dot team that ended up going to four straight Super Bowls, the Buffalo Bills, and he held them to under 20 points in that game. He held the Rams, and today's offensive era, with all of the rules savoring the offense, and it was a team that was averaging 30 points a game, he held them to three, which is simply incredible. And what he was able to do here, too, he exposed a lot of things. What Belichick does really well is he takes away your first option. And this was especially a big deal with Jared Goff, because what we found out later, Jared Goff, he gets in most of his radio plays from um, head coach Sean McVay, and he will tell him 
exactly who to throw to. So not only is he telling him the play, he's telling him, hey, this guy's going to be open. This is who's designed for. Throw to this guy. That's why you saw the interception that Goff threw. It was awful. He just chucked it up to the guy who was supposed to be catched up. It was supposed to go to. The receiver Cooks didn't even see it. He just, like, launched up. So what Belichick was doing to um, cause all this uh, pre- uh, dysfunction is he would wait till after the 15 sec because you can't get the plays radioed in until after the 15-second uh, mark and the uh, play clock winds down. So he would wait or he would change the defense and disguise it until the 15-second mark and then completely switch it. So Jared Goff was, like, confused because it's like, oh, this isn't what, what McVeigh told me on the sideline was going to be open isn't open anymore because they just switched their defense. And that's a fantastic coaching job by him. And if you're the Rams, you got to figure this out because you can't have Sean McVay ba- uh, babying Jared Goff telling him where to throw as he grows older. He's got to start making some reads. That's like some college-level stuff. And it really showed in this game. It looked very uncomfortable. So just the level of coaching and detail throughout this Super Bowl was fantastic. So, yes, I know a lot of people are complaining, oh, uh, the game wasn't the most exciting. But there was a ton of stuff that is really a great chess match going on between them. And there's a lot of stuff you can appreciate if, if you're a true football fan that you can take, uh, take away from this game that you can appreciate. Well, like we said, the Patriots are Super Bowl, was it 63? 63 champs, I believe it was. 53, 53. 53. Uh, 63. L-I-I-I. Uh, although, hey, you know what? We might be saying it's Patriots are Super Bowl 63 champs, too, later on. Uh, Patriots won 13-3. Brady had 262 yards and an interception. Edelman, who's the Super Bowl MVP, uh, you don't always see a wide receiver uh, getting that award, with 10 catches for 141 yards. Goff had 229 yards and an interception. That was game under, like Mitch just said. And Todd Gurley, 10 carries, 35 yards. So the thing we have... The question we had up is, how would you describe the Super Bowl? I believe you just got Mitch's description. Uh, Super Bowl is boring. It's very lame. Perhaps one of the most, the least memorable game uh, for the big game, in my opinion. And here's why. First of all, why do we want? Why is Super Bowl so exciting? Well, obviously it's the only football game happening in February, so people tune in to watch. But when you want to watch the Super Bowl, you want to watch two best teams display why they're the best teams. And if you watch the Rams, all 16 regular season games, and pretty much in the playoffs too, even up to the Saints game, we wanted to watch the Rams because Sean McVay is a fantastic coach, and he has a very creative offense. I didn't see a lick of creativity in that offense. While they tried to do some running plays with their receivers and such, it wasn't just wasn't interesting. And we also, why, why, why is the Rams' offense so explosive? Todd Gurley. And we've been missing that pretty much this whole playoffs. Now, either he's injured or they just wanted to go to a different scheme with C.J. Anderson. Look, C.J. Anderson made a great light thunder and lightning combo, but it doesn't work if you have 17 rushes total for your combo. Also, yeah, it was a chess match, quote-unquote, like Mitch was saying. But a chess match has to have one move, counteracting another move. Bill Belichick was running his stuff. Sean McVay on offense, because he's the boy wonder on offense. I knew we all knew Wade Wade Phillips. We can't give Sean McVay any credit for the anything he did in the Super Bowl because the only coaching that was well done for the Rams was the defense, Wade Phillips. Now we know he's a Super Bowl caliber defensive coordinator with the Denver Broncos in 2015 when he ran a fantastic defense. Sean McVay, the boy genius, what everyone was calling him, couldn't figure it out. And even Wade Phillips, he can figure out Julian Edelman. And it's very simple how to cover Julian Edelman. Chris Harris is tweeting it 
Chris Harris Jr., the guy who won the Super Bowl 2015, he covered Julian Edelman in the 2015 AFC Championship with the Broncos won, pretty much smothered that offense. And it was basically, look, you got to play tight man-to-man coverage. If you give him a lick of space like Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters were doing, it wasn't working. He's a really good route runner, but if you get physical with him, those underneath routes don't work because if you're really tight, Brady can't throw into those small windows. So, honestly, like, you can talk about the coaching all you want, but if we're talking about defense, exciting defense isn't really holding a team to three points. From an aesthetic point, exciting defense is sacks, strip sacks. I know I got the Patriots got four. The Rams got a couple hits on Brady. But other than that, it wasn't memorable at all. The Broncos had a really good defensive, and I'm going back to the Broncos. This is not, being, this is not me being a homer. This is the last time there was a pretty good defense. I mean, we saw the Falcons and the Eagles game. It was pretty high scoring. Went into overtime for the Falcons. The Eagles, Patriots, I believe they didn't even punt. The Broncos were getting strip sacks. They were scoring defensive touchdowns. That's awesome defense. That's outplaying and outcoaching the other offense, but it's to an effect. I mean, you said yourself, we were looking at the third quarter. I'm like, dang, I, I haven't even, I can't even remember Jared Goff being on the field. Besides the last one where he, A, lofted a touchdown pass and so it got broken up by a corner who had time to get there, and B, putting up a Hail Mary to end the game and losing the season. Besides that one drive, I can't even remember anything of significance he had to do in this game. They just had a field goal. Oh, except for except for getting sacked and putting them out of long field goal range and get, trying to run out of bounds and getting clocked where he should have thrown them away. It was a bad performance by a lot, by pretty much every individual player besides some guys on each defense and Julian Edelman. There was nothing to talk about. It's a boring Super Bowl. I think well, I think there's a lot to talk about. And first off, like Trey Wingo, I think had an excellent point. Like. Everyone complaining about how boring the Super Bowl was. Like, why don't you watch something else then? No, no one's forcing you to watch it. And I don't think it's it all was about that relevance. Boring. It's I mean, all about relevance. That's not. I don't feel like it's not a good point at all. This, I think, is a great point. If it's boring, then don't watch it. If you don't like it, then you, no one's forcing you to watch no, the game. It's, it's and it really wasn't like it was. It, yeah. Okay. Was it as artistic and creative as, like these past Super Bowls? Not no, even remotely. But close. It was tied in the fourth quarter, three-three. Right, the, the, the lack of game. ability for both teams. Well, well, okay. And second off, you're like, oh, I want to see what makes these two teams great. You saw exactly what makes the Patriots great this whole game. Great coaching. Tom Brady, like, you know, most of the game was trying not to make mistakes. That's what they With had. 200, 260 yards and a pick. Tom Brady, right. And that's not why they're great. Personnel-wise, though, hold, hear me out here. Personnel-wise, the Rams are much better personnel-wise. He's not working with a whole lot of weapons to throw to. So, yes, he had the one interception, but that last throw he made on the drive with Gronk was a fantastic throw to give him down to the one. one great, great throw. He led that great drive there. And most of the game, while his numbers weren't that high, he was playing because he knows how great his defense is. Jared Goff couldn't get anything going. So he was not taking any risk whatsoever. He was being very conservative with where he was putting, the, putting things, and I think that's smart on his part. You don't want to like start forcing things and like giving the Rams extra chances that they, they uh, don't need to get. Because their offense couldn't get anything going. And as far as Jared Goff, like, in the plate, I do admit, uh, Sean McVay was very disappointing this game. We all bashed, We all bashed Bill Belichick. It was like a national emergency when he benched Malcolm Butler, and he has been horrible this year for the Titans. And the week before with Malcolm Butler, he got torched by Blake Bortles, and then he was late for a meeting, so Belichick benched him. The best player on the Rams' offense is Todd Gurley, and he gets 10, to, 10 carries 
Like, that's ridiculous. And everyone said he was healthy. No one's refuting, uh, refuting it. So they're either, one, lying to us, which you shouldn't be happy about that he's healthy, or two, he just didn't give him the ball enough. So he should definitely get criticized for that. But I think the Patriots, like I said, with the coaching aspect, that's why one of the reasons why they're great with their defense is because they were disguising coverages for golf. They waited until after the 15-second mark, so he was confused. Well, that's why they played as poorly as he did. I don't think I it mean, was that poor. And it wasn't, like... Going back to your Trey, Trey Wingo thing, imagine Game 7 NBA Finals. Game 7. Okay. You have to watch it, whether it's boring or not. Like the Super Bowl. You, you, it's, it's because it's relevant. The reason I watch Super Bowl is because I wanted to be up to date. First of all, on this podcast, so I mean, like, we kind of had to. But if, but if I, I want to see it on Twitter, you know, like memes, stuff like that, I just wanted to be relevant with current news. Whether I don't like the news that's going on right now, I still look at it. Just because it's boring doesn't mean I'm going to look away. Also... Oh, yeah. So imagine if it's game seven and the final score is 80 to 71. Close game. But it's just because they threw up bricks. Yeah, it's a close game. And I believe the Rams' offense put up bricks. It's not like they're out coached. They weren't out coached on that last play. He just chucked the ball. That was a terrible That was decision. totally out coached. They had bricks. Take, he should have thrown it down. Them. He should have thrown it away or taken a sack. Yeah, he should have. But he did. Because he threw up a brick. He threw up a prayer because of the pressure that got to him, and he didn't know what to do. They had him confused the whole yeah, game. It's because both I, defenses did a fan. Like I think. And then, if you want to look at why the, the Patriots last game against the Chiefs, thirty-seven points against the good Chargers defense, forty-one points, thirty-eight points before that. Look, if you look at their their scores, I mean, against the Dolphins when they lost that, they put up thirty-three. Against right. the Packers, they put up thirty-one. Okay. Against, they, what's, your, they, what's your point? They yeah, put they up put a points. Point. That's because they're a good offense. I don't want to see a good offense with the GOAT at quarterback with pretty decent weapons around and put up 13 points. Rams defense did a phenomenal job that game. They didn't do that great. Look, they didn't do that great of a good job because they clearly couldn't understand Edelman. And besides, you're saying that Tom Brady played conservative and game-managed. Well, you didn't say game-managed, but he played conservative. He did game-managed, yeah. He did if game you're going to say that because he has a great defense, Patriots defense isn't great. They were playing well, though. Yeah, he knew the Rams' offense was not getting anything going. So why am I going to risk trying to air it out downfield and give them the ball back when I know they're not getting? I'm not taking. You I'm just not described either. a boring football game. You just described the definition of a boring football. Look, I know my defense isn't going to give up. Okay, points, wasn't exciting. So no, I'm going to put. Up, no, I'm not going to put up. It was boring. I can appreciate some defense. I'm not saying that this was just like a lack of any talent, which I believe there was a lack of what should have been talent. The potential was not reached with a lot of different players. I'm not saying it wasn't boring. Okay, yes. Was it like was it not exciting? No. But it was not a bad football game. It was like, oh, that was a horrible football game. It was not a bad football game. That was a physical football game that was well coached, a lot of strategy, and there's you saw some great defensive plays throughout the thing. I, I, I know. I think we've come to the same conclusion though, that it was boring. You said it wasn't boring, you should appreciate it, but it would like it was boring. Like, you can appreciate it all you want. It was not as... Bo- okay, but the, the scope everyone's saying it is. It was not as bad as everyone thinks it is. Was it the most exciting game? No. But it's not boring. Like, that's not going to put me to sleep. It should have put you to sleep. I don't care about coaching. I want to see the best athletes on the field. Because uh, this game came to a lot of the best athletes on the field just being run by their coaches and not showing off any You don't appreciate... Talent. You wouldn't appreciate... Like, did you think the Cubs wildcard game was exciting? That was a 2-1, you know, low-scoring. I thought well, that was you exciting. Can't, you can't. Baseball, baseball, football is totally different. Oh, well, you just compared uh, football and basketball. Totally different. So we're going to no, start no, allowing not, logical fallacies in if, here if, that okay, it's the same if the thing. Cubs and, if the Cubs just popped up every single time, and it wasn't even due to the pitcher's skill. I mean, they weren't hitting a whole lot. 
And I don't think of the no, Rockies we're not, we're not like stifling. Okay, the Cubs couldn't hit anything. Well, we already agreed the same conclusion. It was boring. It was boring. It was a boring game, uneventful, unmemorable. This, I mean... They, uneventful, they, I, I would say. Uneventful. They scored one touchdown, and it was like, what, halfway through the fourth quarter? It was 3-3 three to three at half. It was no, it was three nothing at half. To make that That's touchdown that, that much more exciting. That's awful. I'll be more upset about That's the terrible. halftime show and the commercials than I would the football game. Okay, I was the halftime about show. Yeah, that was one of the worst football. The commercials were Super Bowls that I've ever been alive for. And I watched the Broncos Seahawks Super Bowl. And the Broncos Seahawks one was terrible. At least the Broncos scored a touchdown. Who cares if they scored a touchdown? It was a boring. That game was a blowout. At least this game we was competitive. A, we had a kick return I'll take touchdown. A competitive game over there some blowouts. So it, was, what? it was barely. It was. It was not competitive. All right. Well, you guys can all just. Well, I'm glad we. I'm glad we. I would rather. I'd rather watch a Texas Test Baylor game versus what. Then how come you know? Then okay. Then because, was it the Texas Test? Was any you know other, it was forcing you to watch it. There was nothing else worth watching. That's a bad. That that point alone is a bad argument because it's the only thing that's happening. It's the okay. only thing that's happening. We have to, it, It's relevant. And besides, we saw. We saw. No one's watching you to watch it, and that's why this is the lowest rating of a Super Bowl in the past decade. Okay, well, because people that. because you're gonna say, "Oh, you don't have to watch it." Well, people didn't watch it because it was well, boring. Well, the Saint, uh, New Orleans was protesting it, so there was basically no ratings down in New Orleans. And like I said, yes, it was not the most exciting game, but there has been far worse Super Bowls as far as games. I'm not play. saying this is the worst Super Bowl. I think I honestly like, you guys think are just I honestly think that blowout or no blow, like if you if you took out the most memorable Super Bowls. This might be top, bottom three. And there's been a lot more blowouts than three, I'll tell you that. And there's been a lot of Super Bowls, whether it's a blowout or not competitive, that are more memorable than the one we just saw. People are going to forget about this very quickly. People no, they probably won't. already have. He got, okay, Tom Brady got a sixth ring at the age 41, the oldest quarterback ever to do that. Yeah, but Bill the Belichick is, held but a the team is, that was averaging 30 points against this offensive wizard, Sean McVay, to three. There's going to be a lot of things people are going to remember. So those about this two game. points. Brady got his sixth ring after playing pretty poorly. Yes, he still got a sixth ring, though. That's what yeah, people are going to take away from. Yeah, people are going to forget about that. And then we all wanted to see Sean McVay, boy genius. Uh, he got out coached, no one, and we just were all vastly disappointed. Right. So one, so your two storylines, just one guy just got a ring because of a good defense. The other guy just was very disappointing and didn't fulfill his potential. Those are your two storylines. A 41-year-old who had 260 yards in a pick, he's still the go. No one's going to remember that about the 261 yards in a pick. Like, Joe Montana well, and the No catch- one's going to remember anything important he did because he didn't, besides, besides there, I mean... We won't want to see highlights. There's one highlight of the game. And it okay, was a, yeah. It was, a, it was a throw to Gronk for like 25 yards. That's your one highlight of the game. It's boring. But we digress. That was pretty, that was pretty good debate right there. Yeah, he did. That, we sounded like Shane Sharp and Skip Bayless right there. Well, I don't want to sound that moron. <laughs> and I am not... Okay, let me make my point clear, though, before we're like, oh, he thinks it was exciting. I am not saying it was exciting, but it was not a bad football game. You could get... Far worse than what you got there. It's just because we are so used to these great games we've had in the past that when we get one clunker, it's like, oh, this is horrible. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. It I was mean, not is the worst Super Bowl there's been. You could get far worse, and I thought, you know, there were some storylines you can take away from it. If there wasn't, we wouldn't be talking about it like this. Well, it's the NFL, and we have to talk, and we have to talk about whatever the NFL puts out because that's how the world runs, apparently. Uh, moving on, on to less exciting news. The Clippers traded Boban... 
with the last name that I can't pronounce, uh, and Tobias Harris to the 76ers for Landry Shamit, Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, a 2020 first rounder, a 2021 unprotected first rounder Your from Miami. Your name is Tobias. Your name is Tobias. Shout out to Trout for that one. You know what? First off, I want to say this LA team showed the other LA team how you're supposed to execute a trade. Did anyone Wait, hear about LA this trade? The Clippers oh, oh, yeah, yeah. traded Tobias Harris, did exactly how a trade should be executed. Tight lipped. No one knew about it. Tobias Harris, he hit the game-winning shot. Yeah. The night before, that he woke up the next morning and he was traded. And Boban's no joke. Yeah. It's like that. But on the Lakers side, it's a total circle. This is this. Is what we'll get into this. The trade. Yeah. Later yeah. On. We're gonna get there. But yeah. it is a total circus the way the Lakers are handling this, and this is quite frankly embarrassing. Yeah. LeBron's demanding people traded. They offer half the roster. And then last night when there's a blowout against Indiana, it was the worst loss of LeBron's career. He was on the bench sitting alone. There's like a faction. Now there's a faction in the locker room where half no. the guys are on the other side. And now all these players like Kuzma and Ball that thought they were cornerstones of a franchise are like, oh, we're expendable. The locker room chemistry is horrible there. Yeah. The way they handled that, like Magic's a great businessman and all, but they are totally butchering the way this thing yeah. can be like. And handled. I think like it's tight lip. I think it's really unfair to like the because like I mean we can agree like Lonzo, Kuzma, and Ingram like they're they're pretty good players and they're I definitely think. Um, no, they're no like you know like the Giannis where you can like one dude right. you can build a franchise around, but like put them all together and you got a team. And I think it was totally I believe it was Brandon Ingram who was shooting those free throws. Yeah. And Pacers fans are like tra- like chanting LeBron's going to trade you. Like that just sucks because I'm not and I'm not I'm not knocking Pacers fans because like honestly I would do the same um, with like the memes and the jokes, but like. I think that's totally bogus towards a player, and I think, like like you were saying, like you should be tight-lipped about it, just do the trade, do the business. And now when the trade doesn't go through, like imagine being in that locker room with yeah. him. Yeah. And LeBron's like, oh, well, you know, you just got to... And I like I'm a huge LeBron James fan, but he was the way he handled it was he's like, Oh well, you know, you just gotta stay off social media. It's like, dude, you were just on social media after you got blown out by thirty four points to the Pacers talking about how like with some humble brag about how you just passed someone and like all time you're like fourth now all time and all scoring. Yeah. Like get out of here. And one last thing about this, good companies don't have leaks. Like the former White House with the bomb. Did you see any leaks coming out there? Yeah. No, because it's well run. Yeah. Now, this current administration, leaks coming in, that's a sign. Leaks are a sign of a not very well run organization yeah. or business. You don't have leaks. There's yeah. leaks coming everywhere. It's not well run. And it's totally unfair to those players that like you were saying. Like, I mean, we, we, there's something like memes right now Yeah. of like all these guys. I'm like, these are professional athletes and they're not bad. Like, we Don't can't... get me wrong. I'm fine with the trade. I'm all yeah, for yeah, the yeah, Lakers yeah. trying to get Anthony Davis. Totally, totally. I would rather have Anthony Davis than these three than guys. All, yeah. Than, yeah but makes sense. the way they went about this was horrible. The, the, the 76ers, or 76ers and the Clippers, that's how you should execute yeah. the trade. No leaks. Well run. As for this trade itself, though, I mean, Tobias Harris, pretty pretty good. Uh, Bobon's a decent. It'll be interesting yeah. for the 76ers, that starting line. I don't so think you got yeah. J.J. Redick, Jimmy Butler, uh, Simmons, Embiid, and Tobias Harris in there. That's a yeah. solid starting five. It'll, yeah. Now, mind you, Jimmy Butler wants a lot more touches, and B was complaining about touches. Simmons needs the ball because he can't yeah. shoot. So it'll be interesting to see how they mesh together. But if they can do it, it'll be pretty So, decent. yeah. Talent-wise, it's good, but yeah. it'll be yet to be seen. And then we're going to talk about that, that with Lakers, all that stuff later in the show. Yeah. Um, yes. Quick soccer, Liverpool drop points to West Ham. So uh, Man City just won today, uh, beating Ar- Everton 2-0. And they beat Arsenal on the weekend 3-1. So now they're actually in first place. So they do have a game in hand on Liverpool. But, yeah, Premier League heating up. Uh, moving on. Speaking of heating up, Deadwood Heating and Cooling. Not doing their job for us as it's raining and cold outside, but uh, who's hot, who's not? 
Uh, I'll go first. Uh, my, uh, you know, I'm gonna go not first. All right. The Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, that's my that's my not the Super Bowl, because uh, if you look at their attendance, seventy thousand eighty one, in the Satan Stadium, uh, a couple months ago, uh, the Atlanta United team played in that stadium uh, for the MLS Cup, which had which had a little over two thousand more. Uh, fans with seventy three thousand nineteen. So there you go. The MLS Cup uh, had more attendance than the Super Bowl in the same stadium. Now, granted, I know everyone's like, "Oh, soccer's boring." And they're all butthurt about it. Yes, there were some stadium changes that made less seats, but it wasn't that much. And just the fact that it was close. This is more for the MLS than for the Super Bowl. So there you go. There you go. Uh, so you did not first. Yeah. All right, I'll do my hot first. My hot is Nick Foles. Yeah. He is the last quarterback to throw a touchdown pass. In the Super Bowl. There you go. This offense era, that is crazy. Shout Although I will homes. say, I will say this. I told you a couple weeks ago, defense wins championships. Even in this offensive league. And what do you know? Look at this Super Bowl. Defense won the championship. Not the yeah. GOAT, not the high-powered offense. Defense. Yeah. So that's something to take away from there. There you go. There you go. Uh, and then my hot, people making money off the Super Bowl. It was actually two kind of weird stories, obviously. People betting, uh, doing, doing squares and... Whatnot. Uh, I know we did squares in our fraternity. Yes, we did. I lost some money on that. Hey, you know what? You know, shout out to SIGAP, our fraternity, because no one won the squares thing, and we all donated to charity. Yeah, that's the other thing. Because there was no scoring, uh, Camp Big Sky got money. Yeah. So there you go, all you greedy people <laughs> that wanted scoring, trying to take money away from charity. Yeah. Defense. Well, there you go. So people who also got some money, some guy wagered $250 at 401 odds that the Rams averaging nearly 33 points per game would only score three points. So there is a dude who wait, who put 250 bucks that the Rams would only score three points, and they did, and he won $100,000. $100, that's kind of crazy. That is crazy. Well, okay, I don't know. What type I don't of know. Idiot? I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, exactly. that's lucky. What type of idiot's going to put exactly. $250? Like, that's just dumb luck especially right like, Especially like on such a like very specific, like the Rams are only going to score three. Like If you put like $2 on that. All right, whatever. Yeah, they can win like... 150. Yeah. Someone had a lot of... Inside track level. Yeah. So that, that golf not being able to hear the play calls really hurt him. Yeah. And the fact... Because I always banged on Trubisky because he'd always looked at his first read and tuck it in. But at least Nagy, from what we hear, is not telling him who to throw to. Like, it came out, McVay was literally telling him who to throw to. What yeah. Bill Belichick does is he takes away your first option. That's what yeah. Mahomes struggled with because, like, okay, Tyree Kale's my first option. They couldn't get it. Yeah. So... Like that that's a huge problem for him. Yeah. And it showed in that game, so. And then another people people who won some money, uh now this is a little less savory uh than making sports bets. Well, that may be up for debate. But uh, you know, Super Bowl one, a lot of people partying. Gronk said he's gonna party. Uh so strip club. Uh there was one strip club in Atlanta, uh and on Twitter they said, uh six strippers total made a value of three million dollars. Yeah, six. they split it six ways. I believe that's like, I don't know. I can't do math. As Mitch and I just came from our statistics class, uh, we can't do math for a while. But yeah, you know what? The city of Atlanta was hopping, and apparently the Patriots players had some money to blow at the strip club. Uh, so there you go. A lot of money. Uh, All right. Mitch, moving on. My not. Well, actually, it should be. It's kind of a hot tip, but Alabama yeah. fans... And yeah. it would be vice versa if Alabama won the national championship because there is a very weird trend. 2012, Alabama won the national championship. Uh, Patriots 
did not win the last Super Bowl. Uh, Alabama in 2014 didn't win the national championship. Patriots won the Super Bowl. 2015, Alabama won the national championship. Patriots didn't win the Super Bowl. 2016, Alabama didn't win the national championship. I think there's a pattern. Patriots won the Super Bowl. 2017, Alabama wins the national championship. Patriots lost the Super Bowl. And then this year, Alabama lost in the national championship game, and the Patriots won the Super Bowl. That is a very strange... So I guess, I, I think here's what happens. I mean, we all know Saban and Belichick both made deals with the devil. But, I mean, he can only give out one per year. So he's like, all right, that makes sense. this one's not your year. It's <laughs> Belichick's turn. So I guess next year, Patriots are going to lose in the Super Bowl. And you can put your money on it now. You heard it here first. Bama's win the national championship. Fun fact. Uh, Bill Belichick. Everyone talks about Tom Brady being the oldest quarterback to win the Super Bowl. Bill Belichick is now the oldest coach to win a Super Bowl, breaking his own record from the year... Uh, I feel like that's not more as important, though, because you can be old and still be a good coach. That's true. Well, you can do it like Cena. Well, I need my back pills. <laughs> oh, we need the defense. Hold on, damn it. <laughs> yeah, he's got to take his medicine. And Although, yeah, to be fair, that's not as impressive yeah. as going out there and slinging it. But right. still. There you go. Well, for you. well, we already kind of talked about it a little bit, but we're going to go to the, uh, the hot takes section. We're going to talk about... Anthony Davis, where is he going to be? Is he going to be in New Orleans? Is he going to be in L.A.? Is he going to be in Boston? Well, he's going to be in New Orleans this year, as the trade deadline is probably going to come to an end. Uh, what it's looking like, uh, I believe we got like maybe like 10 hours left on that. So, you know, maybe we might be... Thursday able- at 3 o'clock is when the trade, day le- trade deadline is over, and we're waiting for some Woj bombs. I know everyone during oh, that yeah. Super Bowl, like, nothing's happening, we need a Woj bomb. Yeah. Oh, also, side note, um, if you didn't see... We Norman Spew was live tweeting during the Super Bowl. We had some we had some jokes. We were on, we were on we had some game. funny jokes. So if you wanna if you still want some comedy, you can look us up at podcast DRD. Mitch knows memes. comedy. He did stand up. Yeah, he, Mitch does stand up, yes. and I'm just very sarcastic sometimes. It was so, a very good combination. Yeah, we'll probably but we'll try we to do that. Us. We'll probably try to do that for some uh, big games, like probably like if there's a like game seven. Cubs Sox spring training. Yeah, Cubs Sox spring training. Watch out for that one. Oh yeah, Anthony Davis. So. We were seeing uh, trade reports recently uh, that it was a pretty much a massive chunk of the Lakers' core looked like it would be going to the Pelicans in return for Anthony Davis. Uh, now the Celtics, or actually, Mitch, I'll let you explain this one because you're a little more well informed than I am. The Celtics cannot make a trade offer because it's one of these bizarre rules until yeah. the summer, and there's two years left on Anthony Davis's deal. Yeah. So a lot of what was going on here was Danny Ainge telling the Pelicans, hey, don't trade him, hold off, we'll give you a better offer in the offseason. And their hope is, because Anthony Davis, on the other hand, and the NBA really is the world's greatest soap opera. Yeah. Anthony Davis's dad came out and said, hey, <laughs> he doesn't want to play in Boston. We saw how you treated Isaiah Thomas and just traded him after all he gave you. We're out of here, which I think is kind of hypocritical, because yeah. he's just going to ditch New Orleans. Yeah, because I mean, that, he was like the man. But that's beyond the point. Yeah, so... They have that going on. Meanwhile, the Lakers are desperately trying to get this deal done because they know what's going on here. The league is, the league kind of wants them to go. Like they're trying to, you know, they they yeah. would rather see AD in LA. It's good for yeah. business. But all the other owners are like, hey, don't do this. So there's a lot of people. Pelicans GM here. Yeah. Apparently, like the offers were getting ridiculous from the Lakers. Yeah. Or like the Pelicans demands, and they the Lakers pulled out. We're like, all right, we're done here. Yeah. There's new reports today that the Lakers made a trade and Pelicans haven't responded to yet. So we have that going on. 
I think that it's going to be Anthony Davis will still be on the Pelicans after the trade deadline. This will drag into the summer. And what Boston's hoping is they can get AD and try to convince him to stay. But even if they don't, they're hoping with that core of him and Kyrie. Now, mind you, Kyrie, there's rumored he might go on to go to New York, yeah. too. He's not staying either. But Danny, he might gamble and say, like, hey, Anthony Davis, Kyrie, Some of their young this could pieces. be a good, yeah, this could be good here. The Pelicans kind of went uh, Jason Tatum. I don't know if they're going to get Jason Tatum for him. Yeah. That's a lot. To, so it is really, I don't know how this thing's going to end up. But so basically, crazy. we're here to bait. First of all, if you're the Lakers, how much are you willing to give up for Anthony Davis? I'd give up a decent amount. Yeah. I do not mind, because him and LeBron paired together is fine. And they're like, oh, they don't have a point guard. LeBron plays better when the ball's through his hand. Yeah, right? He's he not can, some catch-and-shoot guy playing the offense. The yeah, if he can drive and kick it out, like, they don't need... So, I am fine with them getting rid of yeah. Lonzo. And Rondo's got a long-term piece there anyway, so fine. You can throw him yeah. on the field. You just need really him, and I think with JaVel McGee at center, who's having an excellent year, he wasn't included in the trade. You keep him there with Anthony Davis, they get a legitimate shot, and then hopefully they, by getting rid of all these guys, they clear up a little bit of cap space. Yep. You can maybe sign one more guy. Kawhi wants to come to L.A. They don't know if he's going to go to the Clippers Clay or Lakers. Thompson's. You add him. Yeah. Klay Thompson, I don't think, is coming to the Lakers. We'll see. I think he resigns. He'd be stupid if he didn't resign with Golden yeah, State. He's got a good thing going there. And I think he's smart. Um... But, yeah, so that'll be interesting to see. But if I'm the Lakers, I have no problem. I know everyone's like, oh, this is a ridiculous trade pack. I have no problem with them giving it up. Yeah, and I think I think the Lakers are kind of planning. They're like, this isn't, like, this isn't really the year for them. Or, 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 they know they, that, too. Yeah. yeah, and they're kind of playing the long ball. But it's not like, I mean, I think, uh, you know, Kuzma, Lonzo, uh, Ingram, they're all kind of, like, future. Like, they're not going to be decent any time in the well, next few years. And that's exactly why if you're LeBron, this is why he's really pushing this game. Exactly. He's like, hey, I only got so many years here. I only got four years in L.A. There's only so much time left in my career. I'm not wasting time rebuilding or waiting yeah. for the future. I want to win now. I've been to, like, eight straight finals or whatever. Get me Anthony Davis so I can at least have a shot this year. Yeah. And be competitive. And, and start think, building chemistry. He's two great and players. I think this is kind of like what we saw with the 2016 Cubs. It's like, look, the whole debate whether, like, do you want, like, a dynasty of, like, winning for a long period of time or, like, I want a ring and I want it now. And, I mean, like, look, for the Lakers especially, it's been a, it's been a decent, decent amount of time. Especially now you got LeBron. It's like the stars are kind of aligning here. And you have to be willing to sacrifice, you know, after LeBron leaves, after these guys, if, like, you know, Anthony Davis moves on to a max contract elsewhere, same with Kawhi, if he's, if they're just rentals, like, look, you got you got the window now, it's kind of given to you with LeBron choosing LA. And he said he'd sign, Anthony Davis said he'd sign an extension with LA. So you trade yeah. for him, you're probably going to get him long term. And the difference with the Cubs one and the uh, NBA is NBA is a lot more player-friendly contracts. Yeah. You'd be like... Bradley Beal, average player, get $18 million a year. With yeah. the MLB, as we can see with this free agent market, two of the most talented players in the game, and they're struggling. Yeah, as you know, we didn't have an MLB segment because nothing's happening. It's been slow. All those reports, quickly, Giants are in on Harper. That market's heating up. A lot of guys interested. There's reports Bradley Baseball is looking at Machado, too. There you go. They're the new mystery team. Make it as you can see. I think there'll be some NCAA uh, <laughs> violations for that one. But yeah, there's nothing much happening there. A lot of new mystery teams, etc. But yeah. And then another question. Now the Celtics are on. If you're the Pelicans and you're kind of looking, we've kind of see we've kind of seen the package the Lakers are going to give up. If you're the Celtic or if you're the Pelicans, you're looking at the Celtics and if they're giving now we saw Tatum, that might be a little too much. But if you're like going between the two cores. I think honestly, the Celtics core. Well, Celtics core is much better. A lot, lot, yeah, a lot more prospects. If it there. wasn't, they would have pulled the trigger on oh, the yeah. last deal. 
Yeah. But the Celtics court, especially if you can get Tatum with them, Tatum, Rozier, Brown, something yeah. along those lines, maybe draft pick, that core I would much rather build around there. Yeah. I think that's something to work with. I definitely think I definitely think that Anthony Davis, too, because we've seen a lot of we, – you talked about it before. No, and it's obviously not like an all-star, but to Tobias Harris to the Sixers – it's a lot of dudes who need touches, and Anthony Davis isn't one of those guys. He's a superstar who doesn't need all these touches. Yeah. He can play. He's very good defensively. Obviously, rebounds, name of the game. I, uh, I truly do think, though, if I'm the Pelicans GM, and I can get, like I said, I like the, I like the Celtics core better, but I don't know if you're going to be able to get that deal done. With yeah. the, the Lakers desperate for what they're going to give you, and they're giving you all that much, that's tough to say no to exactly. everything they gave you. Because Lonzo Ball, you can still build around there. And Ingram and Kuzma, I like Kuzma. He's a very good player. They yeah. threw him in, the fact that they threw him in. With all I those think, draft picks, I would yeah. I to put the I think I would, too. And especially because, <coughs> I mean, if, if Anthony Davis, because we've already saw it, it was actually really weird how when as soon as he requested a trade, it was kind of like a rift was just pulled apart between the Pelicans and Anthony Davis. Just because, I mean, we saw, we talked, they talked, took him out of that, like, game intro thing. The fans really quickly turned on him. Not turned on him, man, like, man, like, come on, we've given you so much here. Like, we love you here in New Orleans. Almost had a good, almost had it put together with Boogie. That didn't work out well, obviously, as we've seen now. But, man, like, it's going to be awkward now that he's still on the team. And it's going to be, it's going to be awkward yeah. for both parties. Because it basically have shown the Lakers don't want these guys. Well, not, they don't need them. They're expendable, and the and Anthony Davis says he doesn't want to be on the Pelicans, and now they're stuck with each other. Still, but the Pelicans one is a little different. I, I I do agree, but like he's probably not going to be playing much. Yeah, and he's he, he has given them six years there. That's true. And they couldn't win anything, and so you know he wants to move on. So that's not as bad. And I do give him credit; he has been sitting on the bench. Yeah. He doesn't have to necessarily with all this. So I do give Anthony Davis credit for that. Yeah, but he needs to shave the universe. I get it's his thing, but he needs a girl from the tongue. Yeah, like, if your trademark's like, a unibrow, you, you, you got It's just like my trademark's being ugly. It's, yeah. Dude, get it's an eyebrow wax. Look. It's only like 11 bucks. You can get I a new it. trademark. Yeah. yeah. Your signature thing. He, he needs a new thing. So basically, more of the story, Anthony Davis needs to shave his unibrow, and, he should take the, and the Pelicans should take the Lakers offer. That's right. There you go. You heard it here first. We're just dropping, dropping knowledge on y'all. Well... It's only been about 40 minutes, but we're bringing it in the closer. We are going, going the quick. closer, going yes. Going quick. Uh, no, we've, we've already talked a lot about the Super Bowl. We've talked a lot about Brady. I think one of our first, you know, hot topic was who's the go of Brady or Rodgers. Yes. I think we were a little ill-advised to have that even in the conversation. Speaking of it, we, we wrote a column in the yeah, well, about I'll, Tom I'll Brady. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, well, we've talked a lot about Tom Brady, and there's a lot of mention of whether he's the go. And I think it was a lot of debate. I've heard a lot of excuses, you know, Joe Montana, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I heard, I heard a Drew Brees being better than I don't Brady. Don't mention that. Don't give this guy credit. We're not going <laughs> to mention his name. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. Um, but I think, and this is my my final line is not going to say, look, Tom Brady's the goat. I think if you don't think Tom Brady's the goat, you either don't know anything about football or you're just a hater. And my main point is though, is. We should really just appreciate what Tom Brady's done for the sport and stop doing these stupid comparisons. Thinking it was either this morning or yesterday morning, Fox ran a thing, and it's been talked about before, but now that no one has anything to talk about because football season's over, they're saying, oh, what, what should we do? Let's compare Michael Jordan and Tom Brady. I think that's ridiculous. It's stupid. First of all, different time eras. I know, this is a huge thing not only in... 
that stupid argument, but in like recent reasonable ones, like is Joe Montana better than Tom Brady? What's well, extremely difficult now because, like we said, rules have changed, defenses is. Uh, they operate differently. The athletics, oh, the athletic ability overall, I think, has generally trended up since then. And it, so I think we can't really compare those two. And now you're going to bring in Michael Jordan in basketball. Now we're going to be saying, oh, who's better, LeBron or Joe Montana? Like, that's just stupid. We don't need to talk about this. And I think going into all these, like, GOAT comparisons, I think the soccer world has kind of come to the consensus when it comes to Messi and Ronaldo, which is basically the, you know, Brady versus whoever that you want to talk about in the NFL. Like, it was Messi versus Ronaldo, Messi versus Ronaldo, because obviously they played each other a lot. Now Ronaldo left, and there's a huge hole in his old team, Real Madrid, and he's not, he doesn't play Messi as much, and we're saying, man, we just had two of arguably the greatest soccer players going head-to-head two times at least every single year, and now it's over. And it's gone. And we probably they're probably not gonna play each other for a long time. Now if they meet up in some other tournament, that's probably that's really the only chance we're gonna have of Messi versus Ronaldo again. They're saying, Man, I kinda miss that. I wish I had appreciated that a little bit more when I had the chance. And so now when and we're gonna be saying the same thing when Brady retires. Same with Belichick, with all these goats. When when Brady and LeBron retire, the game's not gonna be the same. When Michael Jordan retired, Game was never really the same because he was so dang good. And he changed how we view basketball with six rings. And Tom Brady, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna miss him. Well, I, I used to hate that man's guts. As Broncos fan, we seem to always play the Patriots, and usually they beat us. They beat they ruined our magical Tim Tebow run by blowing us out, bring us Broncos fans down to earth. Jesus can only provide so many miracles <laughs> here. Right. He's got some other people he had to learn. Yeah, yeah, it's true, it's true. But I I guess my point is, is I used to hate Brady, and I used to say, oh, Aaron Rodgers is a better athlete, and Joe Montana played in a harder league, but I think, whether you think Brady's the GOAT or not, if you don't, you're kind of dumb, but that whole conversation, we should just appreciate what we have. Brady is so good, and he's so good that we've kind of forgotten, we've kind of been, you know, dulled down and numb to it. He's been at nine Super Bowls in 17 years. I mean, Bears fans just want to get it past the first round and make a field goal for once. I mean, the scope of what means what success is has totally been changed by Brady. And I think, like, when when he leaves, we're going to miss him, whether you hate him or not. And I think these comparisons, these conversations, who's the GOAT, Tom Brady's legacy. I mean, the article we wrote was, was Tom Brady's legacy be changed, whether he beat or lost to the Rams in the Super Bowl. I think, why are we even talking about his legacy? He hasn't retired yet. Yeah, exactly. Like, why are we talking about it right now? Let's just appreciate what he's done. Let's say, dang, this is arguably one of the greatest guys to ever play the sport of football, and we get to witness it. So I think we should just appreciate what we have, and we can talk about legacies when he's retired. And that closes my rant. I agree. Yeah. So basically, thanks. Shout out to the scout for letting us write. You should check it out. But uh, that question was kind of not my favorite. But yeah, that wraps up our Super Bowl Super Bowl edition of the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we've got we got some now. That, I mean, if you've been listening to this podcast, it's mainly been football. Now that football's over, we got a lot of exciting uh, 
Um, now they'll still read in regards to football because they run the world. But uh, we got some we got some exciting new segments coming yes, up uh, sure. when it comes to baseball, spring training, NBA. Yes. So look, keep be on, on the lookout look for, for the All White Sox episode and the All Cubs episode. Yeah, there you and go. Got, yeah, Tell your friends to follow us on Twitter because we got memes. We, we we tweet funny stuff every once in a while. But yeah, thanks for tuning in. We will see you next week.